0: There are a million options in anything in life. There's a lot of coffee companies, a lot of coaches out there. Uh, the unfortunate part is there's a lot of bad coaches, but the, the, the job of us is try to rise above, demonstrate that well we, we can help people give as much value on the internet as possible to help people for free. And if they see the value in investing in themselves, they'll just get to the end result much faster.
1: The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And we're back with another episode of the Moved Entrepreneur of podcast. I'm super excited for our next guest. Stud coming in hot. We've had some good times in the back already. Rahul Alim, What is up, brother? How you doing?
0: What up, my man? I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a fun one.
1: This is totally going to be fun. Well, I'm going to cut the cord here really quick. I'm going to give you an intro, almost like a it sounds like when I'm going to read this here, I should have like some music in the back, but I'm going to go ahead and see if I can put it like a tempo to it, make it work. But Roll is the man behind the marketing agency, Custom Creatives. His agency has worked with Realtor.com, Geico, Advertisement.com, Reach Local. A lot of you guys heard about that in the local world and hundreds of other local business. He's also coached digital agency owners on building six-figure sustainable agencies. His mission is to help entrepreneurs get out of their way by moving from unsustainable to do-it-all mentality to build a rock star team that gives them the ability to create an assembly line in the business to create growth and freedom in their business. How'd we do, brother? Did we nail it? We nailed it. Sounds really good. (laughs) That's sweet. So I'm going to open this up right away. I'm going to take you back. We're going to pull this thing back. I'm going to make a quote that you had said. It really wasn't a quote here, but it was probably a time period that you were going through and you said, we are hiring at an exclamation point. It says SEO analysis position. We're looking for an SEO uh, haven to join our team. No one he's done. Shoot, shoot him my way, a DMM or whatever that is. And you literally, and you put it on Craigslist. This is back in,
0: could you guess the year? Oh, shit. Let me guess the year. That's probably, I would say 2010, we well, you're probably,
1: I can tell you're a guy that keeps trugging. So I'm going to say you probably were doing it from then to then, but this was 2013. Okay. So what, what was going on in that time, man?
0: So at that particular time, like we were breaking out of just being like super, super niche in just doing like hardcore graphic design. Like the way we started is we, I mean, we already knew this was a competitive industry way back then. Now it's even more competitive. So we would just call it like that old school, two short song, get in where you fit in. So that's kind of like the model. Like we kept simple things. Like we followed like Snoop Dogg and two short quotes, right? That's our business model pretty much. But it was simple, get in where you fit in. All that simply means was, if I was at an SEO conference, I was the best graphic designer for SEO agencies. If I was at a graphic conference, I was an SEO guy that can work with the clients that you're doing the branding for. So we, we, we found a niche in, in graphics and we noticed that we called it the headache business, but we had a bottle of Advil. So that was kind of our pitch. So mm-hmm. we love the headache business, Nobody wants to have a full-time graphic designer. So we just went in and just partnered with a bunch of people and they would outsource their designs to us. We'd give them a really good price, do really good quality, and we had a really good offer. So that's where we started realizing, hey, these marketing agencies outsource a lot more than just one piece of it. Like Mm -hmm. even the big brands, you mentioned reach local in my bio. They outsource a lot. They outsource their designs. They outsource their websites. They outsource their link building, their their PPC. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, big brands outsource. Um, so we would just find little pockets and niches. And that's when we started to take SEO a lot more serious. We're still doing it, uh, primarily outsourcing it without a project manager. So that was our analyst position. Um, and that's where we're looking for somebody to basically more, like manage and quarterback. Like when we close deals, saying you are the outlet from understanding the client needs, and then distributing it to our vendors and our contractors and our in-house team to kind of make sure the whole like smoothness goes um, in the process. So we were working in really organized chaos, and then we made it really organized. And then it was just like a streamlined process. And that's where I talk about in the bio as well, uh, just having an assembly line. That's really what everybody, in my opinion, needs. Yeah, you need big brain thinkers. But the more you can make things an assembly line and a checklist, and take complex tasks and simplify them down, then you can. There's two things that can happen. Number one, really good talent can operate much more efficiently, and average and growing talent can also not fuck things up because they're following a systematic process.
1: I think that's what that
0: surprised you. Found that ad, so that was old. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So one of the things I think, like you bring up
1: assembly lines and it's like, even if your assembly line isn't perfect, even if it's 27 different steps, just create it. And then you start going through it. You realize, oh, I don't need step number 13. I don't need step number, you know, 16 anymore, or this person in this position can take, can take over step 12 through 15 and kind of play that card out when you, um, when you look back and I know you were talking about reach local and everything like that did you start off in in an agency world were you someone um that um I know that I had gone back a little bit and, and I know that you had said that you've done some work for free and that concept is basically the give concept but ultimately going back when did this start for you did, when did this agency work start from you did we go back into like 2005 where was that yeah. kind of trigger to get you into this world
0: the, the first thing is I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't know it was an agency. I didn't know it was a design thing. All I knew is that I was going to go out on my own and I had a fallback plan. I have a year to fuck things up or make things successful. So my job was just don't be like, screw things up so bad that you have to go back to a job. That was really my, my only focus is I have one year to figure this shit out. So I didn't put the pressure like a lot of people put on today in 30 days, I must be making 10 grand a month or hundred grand a month or whatever today's unrealistic world or thinking is. It takes a little bit of time to have like a long-term success. Um, you can get lucky short-term, but typically if you create your foundation first, then you can always build on top of it. Too many people are building on quicksand and then they're yeah. ultimately going to sink. But um, going back to then, I kind of just, I just left my job for only one reason. And I wish I didn't even have to leave the job. I was supposed to get a promotion from like one of the worst books of businesses at the job I had. Cause I was in sales and advertising and yeah. then, They never gave me the biggest book. And that's what I was promised for like six months. Like, we're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you. And I'm like, like a a fucking bee and honey. And I'm like, dude, I want this fucking job. I want this promotion because it's not even, it's basically like a title promotion, not even a money promotion. It's like, there's more opportunity in here. The more you sell in here, the more I could have probably doubled my income, but I never got it. So it wasn't even about necessarily the money. It was about the principle and the promise. So then I decided I'm going to leave. And there was a product and a service at the company that was always never filled. And we were selling like advertising and they nobody did the graphics. So I just said I would outsource it to my buddies and I'd be like, yo, dude, do this thing for like 800 bucks. And they would take like two weeks. I'm like, dude, how long does it actually take you to design something? And they would be like, oh, like only a couple hours. I'm like, then what the fuck are you waiting two weeks for? I'm like, do that shit when you get off work. I'm like, cause that's cash money. Like not like in your paycheck job or that could take, that's probably like three days of your real work. So anyways, they took too long. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to be the person I refer myself to. Started that company, started doing graphics and banner ads and digital ads. Um, and that's how I got started. And then just cold called like crazy, cold emailed like crazy, offered free shit to people that would actually give us paid projects if they like the free stuff i don't i don't interview for for no reason that was one thing that a lot of people are doing right now is that they do the curious student thing they do the free facebook ads thing for like a week a month a year whatever those people aren't going to work with you if you're working with individuals but if you're working with people that will actually give you long term business you can identify that before you do the free thing. So when you do the free thing and you actually match what they're looking for, they already have paid projects right behind that door. So that's what we started doing like right from the get-go. So I already knew the sales process pretty well. Um, and that's how that's how I did it. I'm like, let me get the friction down. And we just closed like crazy. I mean, we did stuff for like, I didn't even know how big some of these brands were because I didn't really Google them. I just said, cool, they're willing to pay us. Yeah, let's yeah. fucking roll. There's companies like Quello. I never heard of Quello. And then when I turn on my TV on these smart TVs, it's like an app that shows like live movie concerts, like the Netflix to movie concerts. I'm like, oh shit, maybe they got pretty big. I'm like, that's pretty cool. We did a <laughs> bunch the last of their two, ads. In last two weeks, man. They really. Yeah, still so, so did. yeah, exactly. So it's kind of cool to work with some of the brands and see like our, our projects at play and then get the behind the scenes news that like, we crushed it on click-through rates and like the way our designs flow, they loaded fast. I mean, there's all these nuances that we get feedback loops from our clients because there's there's that easy friction point that I think like when you're working with 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 agencies and bigger clients that as a vendor and you think you're smaller and they think you're bigger, it's easy for them to quit on you if you quit on them. So we were just big fans of like personal relationships, like knowing what each person liked. If they like US national team in soccer, if they like UFC or whatever it may be, we wouldn't have those conversations leading into our project calls. So the rule that one of my buddies taught me, and this dude sold like, this was like ungodly money back in the 2004, 2008 range, where he sold a company for like 30 million bucks, got 18 million cash sold another company to like a huge print company like Vista Print or something massive. Um, and his whole philosophy, he, he was like, like my age or maybe a little younger, but I remember meeting him for lunch one day and he was just like 90% of my conversations in boardrooms is not going to be about business. It's the last 10% of what we're going to close the deal or not. And he's been in the boardrooms of legal zoom and huge brands. So I kind of use that philosophy, um, Sort of, I don't go 90%. I like, I like to have personal time when I'm working with clients because if you're going to like what you do, you have to like your client too. And if you hate your fucking client before you sign them, you're going to hate them through the relationship too. Yeah, that's so true. And because I know this and we
1: talked about this, you know I'm going to have to share this to you. That Rahul um, actually just got a new camera. So I got to remind him that it's, it's on this side. <laughs> I can see day. that. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to <laughs> remind you, and because we don't clip anything out, you get everything that comes with it. So, But uh, one of the things that I think that what you're saying really is like, at the end of the day, you can go through shit with people if you like each other. And it's like, I know that it, it, it in many cases, and I'm sure you've gone through this, it's like, people will fail you all the time. I mean, when you're getting higher, they're not expecting, I mean, you do have these expectations, but usually those are knuckleheads that... Really, the expectations are so high. It's their own insecurities. They don't even run their own companies that way. And I've, I've seen that a million times. But the one thing I think that you're bringing to the table is like, look, go meet people, get to know people, become friends, become, you know, have that environment where they're in town and you're like, hey, you want to get a ball game? You know, I mean, we just were talking, um, well, we had just had somebody on, on the actual podcast, um, Bill Walsh. And, you know, he was, hey, man, my boy over there, you know, he'd, he'd be a great person on the podcast. And then he was like, actually, he was just out here in Portugal, flew out to go see me. And, you know, those established relationships, the ones that go from the Internet to go to life, you almost seal, you know, you don't have enough time to fuck it up because you're just there for like a short amount of time. But you kind of like make these seals. And I think that those relationships are a lot of what we need um, in today's uh, society. So you went from doing that, going into this local environment. And I think one thing in your story that's really important is like, you were doing this shit. Like you were like doing all this, you know, you weren't trying to create this thing where you are today, obviously is, is, is the evolution. What were some of those areas or those time periods from going from this local environment? Then I see that you kind of went to some realtors and you started to kind of niche down some of those things. What were some tipping points, um, Uh, that were like, wait a minute, there's something here that I have to shift and change? When were some time periods like that? And probably the, I'm assuming I'm trying to pull out probably 2015 range or so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I found myself not really sleeping at home and more in the office and kind of, uh, just focused too much on work. Um, and it, it was more like, I, I don't want to sound stupid or corny or anything, but like for me, it has never really been about the money because like, right when I started the company, I already had a decent income from previous. So that's why I had my year to fuck things up or make things work. But then out of the gates, month one, the number one thing is like being like in a, in a competitive environment, not just from the work environment that I left, because we're doing sales and there's leaderboards and all that good stuff, the gamification they played, uh, but also previous to that, played sports my entire life. Like where you, you really lie to your friends. Like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm going to watch a movie. But then in reality, you're going to go run 12 miles, right? That's just so you true. you destroy them in practice the next time. Uh, so we have that competitive spirit. So out the gates, right. We already, I already knew what it takes to work. Like e- either you're going to be a little bitch and make things, wait for things to happen. Or you're going to just go break motherfucking doors down. So yeah. all I knew is the quickest way to get in touch with the person that I wanted to reach was the fucking phone. I can email them and my role. Like I would, I would psych my brain out. I would say, like, if you want to be a little bitch, you email them because then you're avoiding the connection. But if you actually want what you say you want, pick up the phone. It's not a cold call, it's an introduction call. If you can help them, that's what we do. We problem solve. If you look at it as I'm bugging them, how do I break the gate creeper and how do I get this like weird psychology into the door? Yeah, you need to be polished on your front end on how to not like get hung up on all the time. But the reality is, if they have something important to them that you can expose that's in their business, that you can like charge them some value and they get way more value. Then that's perfectly fine. Just go in confident um, with the swagger. Create an alter ego, like Kobe Bryant had Mamba mentality. Go create your own version of that. So, when you're on the court, meaning when you're at work and you're making these outreaches, whether it's inbound leads from ads or direct messages that you're sending or receiving or whatever you're using for your lead gen, just have that alter ego. And then when you're doing your own thing, chilling with the family or shutting off, have your own personality at home. Because a lot of the people that I noticed that are highly intense, like fucking insanely intense, just on the phone, bang the phones, doing the marketing, have very strategic ways of operating their days. Um, and strategic just means they honor their calendar. It's no fucking strategy. It just means when the thing dings, do that thing. Don't fucking dishonor the calendar. as discipline. Um, they're, they're really calm at home. They're really not like that but that outlandish personality that you see on the internet, they're really kind of calm and chill and demeanor kind of boring. Um, so that's all I have for the, from the advice standpoint, I just, we just went all out. We just went call, call, call. And we just trailed like we had, we kind of had no respect for time because we were working with a lot of realtors and we knew that they work later. So, I mean, there were times where it was just like, we'd call New York, it'd be midnight their time. they would be like, you know what time it is? I'm like, pretty sure it's midnight and we just have fun with it. And if they answer the phone and they didn't sound like I got asleep, we would have that conversation because in the East coast, people traditionally stay up a little bit later, probably because of sports, um, sports start later. So the games end later, um, yeah, you know they right. go into midnight and whatnot. So, um, I'm not saying go out and do that if you're listening, but that's just the tenacity that we had is that we were fearless. And then we would just trail. We had like, we knew we had Hawaii three hours behind California. And we knew we had New York three hours ahead of California. So we just kind of follow um, the day as it went. And when we ran out of time to be appropriate to make phone calls, um, then we just did our, pro- our, our prospecting. Our prospecting back then wasn't – our cold calling was doing the thing, the sales process. The prospecting for us was list building. We didn't have like – we didn't buy like data like a lot of the guys do now, like buying it from like Axiom or whatever the, yeah, all yeah. these different data sources are. We just I've went on websites <laughs> – we went on websites where our clients were and we were very specific. If you spent money, we knew what you were spending it on because we we're looking for something very specific, a very specific wow. criteria. Um, and then we would click it. We would get their phone number, their email, their website, and then their full name. So our goal was before we sleep, how do we have like 50 to 60 people that we have links to what they have? So when we call them, we had a very precise conversation um and then if we didn't do that then we knew we'd have a fucked up day because that's it was just the rhythm we had um there was no excuse no nothing it was not like i could get tired and back then if you were sick we just made fun of you if you were just sick and didn't work um that's a different era today it's a lot of people were very like sensitive and whatnot and there's covid so i totally understand that yeah uh, sure. but back then it was like you have a cold it was like get the fuck to work like it was like go get. i remember
1: yeah i remember it was like okay well what day are you on, so that I know that you're not contagious? Like, what what day are you at? Oh, well, you're probably not be contagious after day three. Get your ass on Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, we were so health conscious and like, so fit that like, even if somebody sneezed on us, I was really sick. Like we wouldn't get sick. <laughs> like yeah. I remember there was a period of like, like 12 years where I literally like never got sick. And then as soon as like, I didn't work out every single week and I took like six months off for no good reason whatsoever. Then I started, you start getting sick. You're more susceptible to like germs sure. and whatnot.
1: I think the thing that like is really interesting, like that you bring up and, and kind of the cadence that you're sharing is, it's like, I think that a lot of people, and we use a lot of these terms, you're seeing a lot, I'll oh, get to 10,000, get to this and that. Okay. But the reality is I, you know, I always like to use the, the thing of like a farmer. It's like the guy goes out, he decides he has to plant his seeds. Then he has to crop and he has to pick all the fruit, you know, pick all of the food or whatever it is Then he's got to go sell it. Even if he makes like, let's say he made $200,000, the guy's a farmer. So that's what he does. He goes in farms every single year. He goes through the process. He goes to the family function. You always know who he is, right? Cause he just shows up and kind of doesn't care. And he's always, you know, he's loaded or whatever. He's just like butchered to the bone, but he's, he's like, what do you do? I'm a farmer. He's not like, Oh, I'm a guy who drives a Ferrari. He's like, I'm not the guy that drives this new 250, whatever that is that you have, you know, here's the dually. He talks about it. But the reality is he's a farmer. And I think that in you, can probably add to this is what do you think that trigger is that people are not understanding that they have to become the thing that they're actually doing you know it's like I worked for Harley for five years it was like I work for Harley Davidson that's what I do you know that's my function and next you know I've got everything on I ride a motorcycle and I think it's this thing that people just aren't willing maybe maybe it's just maybe a shiny object and just keep jumping from one thing to the other. But ultimately it's like, you got to become the thing that you are. And what do you, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. Um, and then they skip, try to skip the line. Like, for example, like I saw a graphic from Lionel Messi because so I follow a lot of soccer and I just screenshotted it probably like two or three years ago. And I replicated it for myself and it said something like it took me 10 years whatever, six, six months and 155 days and 12 hours to become an overnight success. So I think what people don't see is that, that, sacrifice in the background. Like if you, like a lot of people may have heard of like a Gary Vaynerchuk about how he talks about his story. The guy was tweeting for four fucking years for $0, making like 45, 50,000 bucks. And then now people wonder like, oh, if Gary can do it, I can do it. All I have to do is four videos a day in one live. The formula is not that easy. Like understanding what you do, who you are, your audience and relentless practice. A lot of people like the analogy I made before is they're building their house on quicksand. Yes, you can probably survive for a period of time, but then it's all going to crash coming down. We have to master the fundamental of business. And it's just like, goes back down to the basics. It's like, do you have a, a whatever it is you do, is there a market for it? The answer is probably yes. Cause you can, if you can dance your way to millions of dollars in a month you can probably find whatever it is you do. You can probably like find your pocket and your niche, but stay true to who you are and who you serve. Because when you, when you are doing, let's say you're charging $500 and you're doing really well with that. You see somebody else charging 3000. You want to take your $500 product and value and make it $3,000. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember there was, there's a company called huge incorporated and by the name, they're fucking huge at the time. I got on the calendar of the CEO of the entire company, all by a cold call and a cold email, convinced the secretary that I was like, somehow knew this guy. His name was Aaron Shapiro. Don't know what he's up to now. This was years ago. And he literally got on the phone call. He said, how the fuck did you get on my calendar? But now that you're here, you have my hour. And he read my mind. He's like, he looked at my work and he's like, let me guess, you want to be in my world? Is that why you're on this phone call? So you can learn from me how to get my clients like JetBlue, HBO, HBO. Taco Bell. And he's like, look, you want to make a lot of money. I want to make a lot of money. The fact of the matter is I have to fly to Rio de Janeiro to go to Taco Bell meetings. I don't want to fucking wear a penguin suit. I don't want to wear that shit, but I'm doing it because I have a job and a role and responsibility because I'm good at that product. You're very good at the low ticket stuff. And low ticket was like 10 grand and under. He's probably talking like 20, 30 million, maybe every quarter or something with those big brands. Um, And he's like, you'll fail in my world. I'll fail in yours. But the one thing we're going to meet at is we're going to make a fuck ton of money. And that kind of reframed me to say, be good at who the fuck you are and who you serve versus try to be good at something you won't ever get good at. It's okay being a low cost provider like a Costco, then you don't have to be a Bloomingdales. Bloomingdales will master their market. It's a whole different wild ballgame. game. So if, if anybody kind of understands that in the audience, I hope you take that away because you don't have to charge ten thousand dollars because if you lose ten thousand dollar client, you could be at zero. But if you have a hundred clients that are doing a certain dollar amount a thousand if you're graded at thousand dollar products, stick to what you're good at. Um, and don't listen to people when they say raise your fucking prices because that's just knee-jerk reaction bullshit. It's so easy to say, but if it, the market does not adapt to it because you jump too hard and listen to a fucking guru out there. So I hear that all the time. The first thing people say is, oh, have you considered increasing your prices to this? You should charge 20 grand instead of three. It's like, no, 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 no. If it sells and you're happy and you're serving your audience and they can afford it and they can buy it easily, stay in your zone, maybe increase it by 10%. Um, so, they so that's kind that. of, uh,
1: did you ever see that thing? It was actually in LA and they did this experiment and it was with Payless shoes. You ever see that? And they, oh man, I
0: miss the Pro Wings days. I used to have those.
1: Uh, <laughs> they did the, they did the, uh, well, now you just go to the Nordstrom's rack and you can still find some good shit, you know, <laughs> but they, they took Payless and what they did is they took and they put this like beautiful name on it and they went inside LA. I don't, they might've went in, um, I don't know where they went on the streets or whatever in LA. But basically, they put like a super nice name on it. They did this documentary. I don't know if you ever caught this, but it was hilarious. And they basically brought everybody in. They ran in the entire day. It was amazing. And At the end, they're like, all right, well, as you guys are leaving and you're buying your shoes, they walk them out and be like, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know this was for Payless and nothing changed. And at the end, what your story tells me is like, stay in your lane and Payless, if they would have tried to go in and buy these high-end shoes and then bring them in, they would have felt a mockery right i mean at the end of the day they would have they would have fell apart so they decided that their that their actual niche and everything else was this pay less with better looking shoes i mean you even just said one of the shoes that everybody still loved but it, it, it lasted forever everybody you know, whoever had them was still cool you know you as long you know you could skate with them you do whatever you wanted with them and so i think that that's yeah. you know a, a, yeah that's that's a really important piece and i think where do you think that we're losing do you think that um, i don't want to say like that i think there's a saturation in business where um we're, we're getting how do i say this gosh i say this with love it's almost a high school mentality you know it's like oh i can sell drugs so easily and we really are missing this piece that um it was almost like college people are saying i don't need to go to college but there is some fundamentals of maybe some accounting or economics, and there's some things that are there that are then pl- applied to that. Do you think that some of these people are just missing the understanding of what the function of actually business is for, and they're out there trying to sell lollipops and you know just um, you know they're trying trying to sell you know um, uh, uh, Girl Scout cookies and, and go out there and kind of just have this simple way of selling something, and then they fall <clears throat> apart because they don't realize that there's business that's behind it.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I I think I understand the question. The people are selling stuff for the money versus selling stuff for their fulfillment. And that's going to be a a long road to hell um, or a short road to hell if you understand it quick enough. Um, Because like when I started, I was selling stuff for fun. Like I enjoyed truly what I was doing and I'm still selling the same stuff as 18 years ago. So um, so, so it's not. This isn't just a fly-by-night company. Um, this is something that's been a, over a long career. Some, some. My company is older than most. A lot of digital marketers out there right now. Um, so, uh, I think you, you you have to find a, a niche that you like. And if you don't like the niche, that's perfectly fine. As long as you like the game of business, um, because there's a lot of things you're not going to love about the the business at first. You want to do it all because you're so motivated and driven. Then you start to fall in love, out of love, with certain things like customers. Customer service, a bitchy client, or like coordinating projects because you were doing it alone and you were so good at it at one point that you may graduate certain roles, whether it's graduation because you don't like doing it or it's graduation because you should not be doing it in the first place and delegating and stop doing low level work when you have high level revenue tasks that you can bring in. Um, So I think the, the first step is like do something you like. And if you don't like doing something, I mean, try multiple things at once and see where your niche is or sell somebody else's shit. That's really the easiest thing. You can always sell somebody else's stuff, go all in with them. I mean, because like the best education I've ever had is is not from college. Um, I, I dropped out of three different universities, never intended to go to either one of them. It was all just like a satisfaction for somebody else. It's like my parents, they wanted the degree, not to spite them. I still don't have it. Don't have any intention to ever get it. Um, the reality is, is I learned everything by doing. I learned, I, I dropped out, went to call, went an internship. Um, we were, some of them got paid, some of them didn't. I chose not to be paid, not because I couldn't get paid. It's because I didn't want the pressure of performance. And that sounds really weird. All I wanted was the education. So I'm like, I will, it's almost like I'm paying them. It's like like a college, but, but they're getting value out of me as an intern. So we were required to work five days, uh, five hours per week. I did 40 hours per week um all you know Los Angeles traffic is a little fucking bitch so one no of be- let's go. <laughs> no traffic 50 minutes one way 50 minutes back 50 not 15 5 fucking 0 no traffic now in Los Angeles that doesn't exist when businesses are open. So I would either have to leave extremely early and wait till they opened, or I'd have to just sit through fucking traffic and, um, and listen to music or whatever I listened to. Um, so combination of both. So I'd spend a lot of time in LA going to the gym and a lot of my life there. Uh, but I did that for six straight months. And what I learned from that was far greater than what I could have learned from any philosophy professor, bow and tie, whatever the fuck they were going to teach me in MIS or whatever classes. I mean, even when I asked my buddies that are highly successful, like, hey, what did you, well, you're an accounting firm. You work at Ernst & Young. You're a partner at XYZ Company. Did college get you there? The answer is no. Like, right when you get out, you don't, you just forget about whatever you learn because they're going to teach you what actually is reality versus delusional. And that's my perception. So, anybody who's listening to it, I think it's just a really expensive break that you're taking. If you're going to go to college, like be a doctor or a lawyer because your parents made you or you want to be one. Um, but, but uh, I'd stories, rather right? see you guys like, go, like, these are, these I'd rather see you guys shit. go fucking go party for three months and, and was, somewhere. Hey, you know and what?
1: Then, Hey, some, some friends are made, some really long-term friendships are made during those times as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, my parents were, like, my parents' generation was a lot different because they said, you're going to meet your best friends in college. Well, I mean, I get now, I mean, years later, I realized why they say that. It's because they're fucking immigrants. They had no friends in America. Mm-hmm. They only had the college because there was a college year. And it's like, no, sh- no fucking shit. That's exactly why you said that. But for me, I'm born and raised in the exact same city. I have met my best friends in elementary school. They're still my friends to today, my college friends. Yes. There's about a dozen of them, but the rest of the hundred that would like, we don't hang out every day. We may talk once, maybe once a year for most of them, but then for the core group, um, I met them all in fucking elementary school. So I'm going, going back on topic. Like I think the best way to get good at any skill is do that skill. Um, A professor won't teach you a marketer will teach you. If you want to be good at marketing, find somebody good at marketing. You want to be good at sales, find somebody good at sales. You want to be good at all of it and bring all the pieces of paper or pieces together, go with a guy or a girl or whomever a mentor a leader that can get you there faster because no one did it by themselves ever this isn't caveman era you have so much access to information and the free stuff is okay the paid stuff is where the juice is kind of like tom brady probably has so many coaches around him like his tb 12 guy that he partnered with that was his his like kind of unconventional health coach that like made a 44 year old person lead the league in fucking touchdowns and yards last year it boggles my mind how he's not wasn't the mvp But that's just what it is. But the point is, he has great people around him from mindset, physical care, health, nutrition, offensive, defensive, reading plays, etc. Now, the same thing applies to your business at your own level. If you can't afford it, get resourceful. If you can't afford it, spend it. Because the number one thing you can actually ROI on is yourself and your skills. Um, The rest is going to be just investments, right? Outside investments like real estate, businesses, etc.
1: When um, you had the, an agency, it's to do do it. It sounds like more of a do it for you and closing those deals, moving those deals through. And then uh, come around 2019, 2020, you started to make some transitions um, into building other leaders. Uh, what was that transition for yourself? I think that comes from what you have behind you, GSD. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that mentality. Um, when when did that kick in for you? When was the moment and you said, you know what? I, I think. Um, I think I can package this up and and kind of build, build other people.
0: Well, I mean, I think it was, it happened inadvertently subconsciously without knowing it because like even people who worked for me left and became great leaders. Like, I mean, one of the, one of the kids that left me, I mean, I just did his podcast earlier this year or late last year, I forgot the date. Um, and one of the things he mentioned, he's like, dude, I just literally replicated what you taught me while I worked for you. And now he's doing podcasting and shows with like fucking Netflix and huge brands like Spotify and cheesecake factory. I'm like, dude, more power too, brother. And it's, it makes you feel good saying like, Hey, you taught me everything I know. Um, and then I would just teach people along the way because I've every a lot of people who have done well for me working for me have gone on to work at like companies like Disney and huge brands and it's like dude that's fucking amazing, um, and then uh, and then I just whenever I'd see people I go to like these networking events or entrepreneur clubs I get asked by local colleges to be a, be a guest and kind of listen to people's pitches, like almost like a MBA school kind of pitching you like a shark tank. So it, it is kind of nice to get access to be asked to do those things. But then once we actually put the rubber to the road and put it in the world that we charge money for this and people still paid us and got massive value out of it, that's when we just knew it was just a business business because there are a million options in anything in life. There's a lot of coffee companies, a lot of coaches out there. Uh, The unfortunate part is there's a lot of bad coaches, but the the job of us is try to rise above, demonstrate that, well, we, we can help people give as much value on the internet as possible to help people for free. And if they see the value in investing in themselves, they'll just get to the end result much faster, right? Because nobody ever really said in life, I want to go to my goal as slow as possible. But yet, those are the behaviors, the decisions people are making in their minds. They're doing it the hard way. They're going to YouTube. They're trying to figure it out. They're saying, let me try the thing that didn't work and do that more and try to get to the goal. So it's so an intentional de- uh, delay in their mind, it's because they've been fucked over by somebody. And that's just like, that's something everybody has to be at peace with. You're going to get fucked over by people, your best friend, you're going to get fucked and you can make up with it. You're going to get fucked over at a restaurant because the steak was overcooked or undercooked who gives two shits, move on, don't go there. And then just go to the next level. Cause like, if you had a bad meal, it doesn't mean you're not going to eat. Just like if you had a bad coach, it doesn't mean you're not going to need coaching. You just have to make that decision to get past it and move on. Um, and and those are the congruence people have to look at themselves in the like, am I making decisions that way? Am I a mirror? And Are my clients saying the same shit to me? Let me think about it. Well, if you can't make fucking decisions, you're certainly not a leader. That means you can't like understand what you're even buying. You're confused on what you're buying. You have to get clear so you have congruence. Um, and that's my true belief is that people will remain stuck if they can't make decisions And sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. Like even just right before this, I got a text message alert. I just, somebody, one of my good friends, like, he's like, I want to, I want to sell this part of my business. I'm like, what are you selling it for? And I'm like, I'll buy it right now. And I just sent him a fucking wire. Do I know all the intricacies? Not all of it, but I understand. I trust that person, but it's just the decision-making now that the decision's been made, the wires, the money's been wired. uh, Now it's just a matter of how do we monetize what we just paid for Now it's up to me. The responsibility is on me to show up, to do, to grow. Um, And I think hopefully if that advice helps somebody out there, it doesn't mean go recklessly, go buy stuff in coaching. It just means know what you want and identify who can actually care enough to get you there. Um, And that's that's kind of where the GST was born is that we were going to do this anyways. (laughs) We were doing it for free. Um, Then we just decided, hey, more people need help. Well, we can't do this all day, every day for free. We have to also earn an income, but people are getting massive results. And that's what we're proud of.
1: I think that's cool, man. And then now where, where, where are you now? What is this? What does this look like for you? Are you in an acquisition position for yourself? Are you finding yourself? You know, we've gone, we've gone back to this position of, I'm going to go work for free as an intern, you know, play. Then you kind of go, look, I'm, next thing you know, what I, we were talking earlier. It's like, wow, I'm working with some of these big clients. And I think one thing that going back and looking at this thing, you're like, I didn't even think about who they are. And I think that that's really important for people to listen to. Don't always think that the person that you're talking to on the other side has this big old clout above them. They might even have a $20 million business. They might have done all those things, but don't think that they don't just have this normalcy, just like what happened right here. Like that was literally live, right? Hey, do you know anybody that want to buy this? You're the dude. Okay. Well, by the way, let me just go ahead and do that. So then you kind of play that card out. You move yourself forward. You then start uh, more of a serving you know you got gsd uh get shit done right and as you as you get shit done um you got yourself some jerseys i see i saw you got some fun stuff the, you created got a got the experience. shirt on right now, yeah i got pillows on on. behind me oh, everything
0: yeah. blankets <laughs> right because so you, like, you created
1: an environment for yourself and you created kind of this thing that you put together so now that's moving is that the core of what you like doing is that rahul right now in his position is this is this the um the time period for you is to look at more acquisition and, and maybe have other coaches handle that part. Or do you like still doing like the one-on-one stuff?
0: Um, it's going to be, there, there's not too, there's, there's some one-on-one. There's always a one-on-one component on what we do. Cause if people get stuck, it's our responsibility as the coach to help them get through things. But yeah, the right now there's, there's a couple of pieces. Number one, I'm going to be run, building this GSD company. And I've noticed a lot of coaches are starting to, Like, get into a different style of coaching, whether it's like done for you, or it's like I used to sell sales coaching, but now I'm going to do it all for you. So they're kind of like getting in rhythm of whatever their model is. So I see a good opportunity to maybe take over some people's Facebook groups, their assets, things that they've already built, as long as it's congruent with what we particularly do. um, Not everything is a good. Uh, uh, prospect for us because we've we've taken over a group in the past that wasn't really necessarily like a perfect fit. It was like, we we're trying to put like, I would say like an oval in a circle, not a square peg in a round hole, but more of an oval. And it, it wasn't like a great fit for us, but we would learn by doing, by just saying, Hey, we, we got off track. We have to be fucking precisely focused on who our customer is, which is typically for the most part, marketing agency owners. And then some of the people that are Digital coaches, people have already made like 50, 60, 100 grand months, then they want to start to get into the digital market space. Like how do you sell information? How do you sell what's in your brain for money? So those are kind of the two target audiences we focus on. Um, But yeah, like acquisition mode has always been there. It's like I've invested in, as long as something can make money, there's two ways, either through my energy and effort. Or through sleep money, which is like real estate. I call that sleeping money. Once I buy something, I can't physically change interest rates. I can't physically talk to a real estate agent and say, make the price go up of my house. Um, so those are things where I just buy, go to bed, and just get a check. Like I buy something, rent it out, and then have my mortgage paid for plus some profit. Um, so I'll always be in that mode of buying both sides of things. Um And And a lot of those businesses that
1: you talk about, like the models have been ran for a long time. Like if you were like, I'm going to buy a storage unit. I mean, there's the storage units have been running over and over and over. There really isn't a model difference. The only difference is, you know, what week do you see the sign as a hey, get one month free and then they take it off and then they add it but i mean there's really like nothing in that formula that's probably going to change drop your shit off pick it up if you don't pick it up in 45 days we owned your shit now there's a television show about selling your shit <laughs> but i mean that, that yeah. model is not changing in the asset and so i think that's kind of what you're talking about right
0: yeah, I love that model too. It's funny you bring that up because I've done marketing services for even actually in your neighborhood, in Solana Beach uh, storage. They have like Marina Beach storage and a couple of other oh, storage. Right sold three oh, place. that's so funny. Like, yeah, we, we did their online marketing for a number of years, actually. And oh. I forgot the lady's name. She was such a sweetheart. She gave us like a video testimonial and online review for no reason. Like we didn't ask for it. Um, but but yeah, it was fun. because But I was always like, just like, fuck, are you telling me once you get a client they're probably going to be there for like a decade and not even know that they're paying month over month. And the shit inside of their storage container is probably worth a thousand, but they probably spent like 30 grand. And I'm like, that that is the most. And if they don't pay, you sell their stuff. I'm like, that's amazing. What a model. It's almost like a funeral home. People are just going to pay for the plot of land forever, you know? Um, So, so I thought that was an interesting thing. So yeah, those are going to be some of the targets that I, as I learn how to do things, my, my goal is to when I'm the next business that I invest into I don't want to be on the organizational chart. I just want to be more of like an advisor um, rather than be the reason for the business. Um, As much as I want to be hands-on and do the thing and get down and dirty, um, I would love to be able to just say, hey, you have a fucking fantastic operator. Let's buy this business. Get a loan. It cash flows every month. You're responsible for these KPIs every week. And then just let's chat it up every month or if we need to be more frequent because of fires or whatever, let's do our thing. Uh, But that'll be my next my next venture, but like storage sounds fucking fantastic. I don't know. I have to research how to buy them and then car washes sound absolutely fantastic. So I've done some, a lot of research on uh, acquiring a car wash
1: uh acquiring the car washers like for the hand ones the ones that are just like the put the five bucks I yeah no know. it's not gonna
0: be the hand ones it's gonna be the drive-through ones with different levels and memberships so not the hand washes where there's just a bunch of dudes like actually physically working on it i mean it's I like meant the, you're the guy
1: like you you put five, i think he, the one that i was just over here at encenitas and i was like oh, i want to just do my motor real quick i went over and it was like five dollars you get all the, the i i fucked it up but it was like minimum five bucks you grab the little, you grab the gun. Put your motor in there, so poo, spray it all. And I'm just like going. I'm like, "It's like, dude, when's this thing gonna shut off?" And I was like, "It's going mm-hmm. forever." I was like, "I gotta keep throwing this." I guess I was like five bucks. I was like, I look up and I'm like eight dollars in soap. And I'm like, "All oh, those bastards! It starts <laughs> with five bucks. And they keep going." And I'm like, "Oh shit! Okay." So I have to stop it. Then you have to put your doll. You have to put your car back in because now you need to get the pressure water to come out. So now you have to spray this thing. I was in this thing like thirteen bucks. And I'm like, okay, but I think that's what you're talking about, right? It's just basically run off of machine. There's nobody even. Yeah,
0: there. machine based. Yeah, because there, there's a lot of criteria that goes into it. I can go on for a while, but yeah, that that that's something that is just I'm so interested in. Um, it just seems like such a cash flow business where it's like not intense in terms of manpower, labor, and and science behind it. It's just more of like a criteria.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then you're just, you're, you're doing the, um, the McDonald's model. You're like, how many people, what's the demographic how many people are coming by and you just basically, can we plop these things down and people go Rahul, this was awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on this podcast. Dude. It is, you know, how, how do people find you? Um, you know, this is our first time actually meeting, and you know, you've, you've got a lot of content. I've seen your stuff up and everything like that. Great personality. Um, seems like you're just such a genuine guy. People that come through, you really have a heart to help people out. How do they find you, man?
0: I'm on social media. Um, you can look me up, Rahul Aleem. My handle on Instagram is at Rahul Aleem on Facebook. It's Rahul Aleem 805. That's the city where my area code is 805. That's where it came from. Uh, But yeah, let's connect on Facebook or Instagram and, and love to hear from you guys in the audience. That's awesome, man.
1: Well, this concludes our episode here on Moved Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. I am going to give a shout out. Make sure that you go back and listen to the episode, which was before this one with Bill Walsh. And an awesome guy, awesome salesperson, does some amazing things. Always remember to look at other people's stuff. These are some op- awesome people that are on this podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll close this one out. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, brother. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Mood is to entrepreneurs.